Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short, about a 13-minute Bible study every day, getting us into God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But being in God's Word every day, it helps us to, to stay focused on our relationship with God, to maintain a more spiritual and therefore positive mindset to be able to deal with life every day. But it also helps us to stay focused on our souls. Now, you know people in your life, probably some within your own family, who need to change their focus in life and their direction that they're living their life. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But make that that commitment. Start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. Your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, again, literally with everybody you can. What a great blessing to help somebody get to heaven. A blessing for them, but also a blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our new line of study and thought, talking about five questions by which to gauge your spiritual temperature. We noted what Charles Dickens wrote in 1859 in his historical novel, A Tale of Two Cities, set in London and Paris before and during the French Revolution. The people of France were torn apart. The novel begins with the famous lines, It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of incredulity or unbelief. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. Well, famous words. It is perhaps still the most popular or best-selling novel of all time to this very day. But it was just a novel. Now, it did depict a reality in the lives of the people of France during a particular time period in history. But what we really want to learn from this is not a history lesson from the worldly perspective, but we want to take those words and, and that concept of being torn in two directions, between two directions, living one life, but at the same time having one foot in another life of reality, we want to apply that to our lives as faithful Christians. You see, Christians are living also in a tale of two cities. There is Jerusalem, spiritual Jerusalem, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Well, as Christians, our true and ultimate citizenship is not of this world, but we have been transferred into the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. And Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, the apostle Paul also wrote, our citizenship is in heaven. From which, we also, or from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And also Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, 
again, Paul's letter to a different congregation of the Lord's church. And here he reiterates that reality as to our identity. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Well, then, as we have become Christians, God has ushered us into the kingdom of heaven. Now, the ultimate realization of that awaits us in eternity when our Lord and Savior will give us official entrance through those pearly gates into that city of light, walking those golden streets. Oh, that's what we ought to be looking forward to. Our number one aim and goal in life ought to be, needs to be, getting to heaven. I've said many times in teaching, if we don't get to heaven, our life has been an utter failure. Somebody might say, well, but I'm helping other people get to heaven. Uh, not if you're not going. I, I can virtually guarantee you that. If you're, you're not going to be able to help somebody go where you're not going. So there's the one reality. As Christians, true Christians, faithful Christians, we're living in the kingdom of heaven, still here on this earth. We're members of the Lord's church, the kingdom of heaven on this earth. But then, again, the tale of two cities? Well, the other reality is that we're still alive physically in this world. And so this world can be likened to the city of Babylon. In Revelation 17 and verse 5, on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. Oh, a very descriptive. And it really conjures up incredible images of immorality, ungodliness, the enemies of God's people. In fact, it was Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar that conquered Judah and Jerusalem and tore that city apart, literally. Took the people who were still alive from that land into his land as captives. Hmm. Babylon. This world in which we live. We could name it by a number of other names. We could think of Genesis chapter 13 and verse 12, when Lot separated himself from his uncle Abraham, their two households and flocks and herds and holdings becoming so huge that the land was having difficulty supporting both of them. Conflict had developed between the servants of Lot, the servants of Abraham, and Abraham finally confronted his nephew and said, let there be no conflict between us. You look out over the land. You decide which way you would like to go. I'll go the opposite direction. And so Lot looked in one direction toward the cities of the plains, and he saw that it was well watered. It would be very supportive of his flocks and herds, and therefore for him economically. Well, he pitched his tent in that direction. That is, he laid out his path, established his home in that direction. And Genesis chapter 13 and 12 says he pitched his tent toward Sodom. You see, in that direction among the cities of the plain were two notorious cities, notorious for their ungodliness. Oh, like we conjure up the images of Babylon, the enemies of God's people, Sodom and Gomorrah. 
wickedness, immorality, evil, ungodliness, sinfulness prevailed to the extent that God did not even see 10 righteous souls within that city. And so he destroyed the city. Now, what was the consequence for Lot? Well, he lost his home within the city. After a while, see, he only pitched his tent or made his home toward Sodom. But after a period of time, he lived within the city, within the city of ungodliness and was raising his family there. What was the ultimate consequence? Well, of course, he lost that home. But he also lost his wife, lost his wife as angels from God ushered him out of the city and warned them, do not look back as God brought fire and brimstone upon the cities to destroy them utterly. But there was a connection, apparently, I think we could assume, in the heart or the emotions of Lot's wife. And so she disobeyed that instruction and looked back. And when she looked back, she became a pillar of salt. Hmm. Lost his wife, lost his home. He had lost his way, we might say, at least to some extent. A tale of two cities. During the COVID pandemic, everyone who went to any, certainly to any medical facility, but perhaps in some other places as well, at least during the first year or so of the COVID pandemic. But it's still, as the pandemic went on, the requirement when you would go into a medical facility remained that you had to stop on entrance and get your temperature taken. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've had my temperature taken. Probably a greater total of times than all through the rest of my life up until this period of time. Get our temperature taken. Well, why? Because if you had a fever, if you had an elevated temperature, that was one of the early signs that you might have been infected with the COVID virus. And so that was an easy upfront methodology of trying to pick up the signs that a person might be infected and thereby keep them from entering into a setting with a whole lot of other people and possibly infecting them as well. How often have we had a temperature taken during the COVID pandemic? But how often do we take our temperatures from the spiritual perspective in life? How often do we take our spiritual temperature Again, what is our real focus in this particular line of study? Our spiritual temperature. Five gauges that we're going to look at to gauge our spiritual temperature. What do you mean, spiritual temperature? Well, you go through life, a normal temperature is somewhere around 98.6 degrees. If it goes much above that, you're sick. There's an infection some way. If it goes much below that, you could be in trouble of dying. Either way, much above or much below, something's wrong, and you're not in a healthy state. Well, what about our spiritual temperature? Did you ever think about the Bible talking about spiritual temperature? 
as to the spiritual well-being or health or vitality of an individual Christian? In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15, notice, Jesus is speaking to the church of the Laodiceans. That's the Christians within that congregation. He said, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you or spew you out of my mouth. Well, he's likening their spiritual state. And he's, he's using, again, illustrative language, a, a kind of, of uh, illusion, if you would, or simply an illustration to which we can relate. The idea of health being tied or connected to our physical temperature. He's talking about their spiritual health and well-being or lack of it. And he says, you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other, but you're just lukewarm. You're trying to straddle the fence. You know, you're not committed one way or the other fully. And because you're just lukewarm, that's not real commitment to me. I'll spew you out of my mouth. I'll vomit you. The stronger word is. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12, Matthew 24 and verse 12, we read this from our Lord. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Well, the love of many will grow cold. Again, an illustration that we can relate to. Think about the love between a man and a woman when they get married. Oh, that's a burning love, isn't it? But then over the years, oftentimes, their love for each other gets colder and colder, and they grow farther and farther apart. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Please guide us and help us that we'll always live a life that shows burning love for you and absolute intense dedication. Help us along this line and help people everywhere to see their need to display their love for you in these ways. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.